bottom of the Smash Mountain. Season 2, Episode 16, The Journey Up North. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jesse and also Cypher, whichever one you prefer. And today we have Petra. That's right. Petra, all the way up from Nova Scotia, is here to talk to me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Very, very cool stuff. This is a great conversation. I don't want to hold you away from it for too long. I always, always struggle to make this less than 60 seconds because that's what it really ought to be. So if you've noticed that, thank you. For all the feedback I've been getting recently, thank you, thank you. Now, let's get to this interview. We'll do some more talking afterwards. Okay? Okay? Okay. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by not only a listener, but also a Melee enthusiast. We have Petra joining me here. Petra, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for letting me come on and like uh, having this cool podcast. <laughs> yes, and it's so like it's a it's a bit of a surreal moment. I have had on different people before who said they had either listened before coming on or what have you, but off the top of my head, and I didn't even research this, I probably should have, you might actually be the first person who was a listener first, and then I somehow found out about that and was like, oh, cool, thank you so much for listening. And you said, hey, look, I mean, if you invite me on, I won't say no. And I was like, oh, sweet, cool, yes, please, come on. <laughs> so it's really cool that you were willing to do that, so... I'm excited to hear about all things Melee from, from your perspective. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I definitely did not know about, I didn't know about this podcast until uh, I was watching the Alston Melee podcast and then they ended up mentioning Bottom of Smash Mountain because you did an episode with um, all four of the people from Alston Melee, which were all really great episodes. So yeah. I haven't even been listening to Bottom of Smash Mountain for that long. It's been like probably a month and a half, maybe a few months. If it makes you feel any better, I've only been podcasting for a few months, like the beginning of January or so of this year. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I've been listening for most of the time because it's I have been listening for like a, at least a month, a month and a half now, like checking the Spotify for uh you know, when new episodes come out and stuff like that. And I really appreciate that. So in order to get to knowing you a little bit more, we should probably stop talking about the operation that we have going on here. And Petra, please, <clears throat> why don't you start with your Melee origin story, if you will. How did Melee come to be a part of your life? So I'm definitely not like a big personality or anything like that in the melee scene and like that's uh kind of on purpose i am definitely just like a really really big fan of melee and esports and uh competitive melee in general um and i've never really tried to be anything more than that you know like uh make content or anything like that that's never really been something i've been interested in um so people, the majority of the people listening to this probably have no, absolutely no idea who I am. So I'm just a Melee fan. Um, I'm kind of just like a stream monster. I watch lots and lots of Melee. Um, but I don't really <laughs> do anything with all of that Melee that I watch. 
And it's really interesting that I happen to have never done any kind of like volunteer community stuff at all with Melee until literally last weekend when I TO'd and streamed my first tournament ever in my life. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Do you want to you can talk a little bit about that. You don't have to set that aside for later. This was last weekend. Is it on your own Twitch channel or is it on uh, like a like it I don't want to say esports channel, but you get it. There's different there's like the Team Oxy <laughs> channel for TMTs and that kind of thing. Yeah. It it was just on my channel, my my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash petricide let's um, go because uh it was super uh random that it even ended up happening at all basically i i currently live in nova scotia canada and we have a weekly every uh saturday and it turned out that the two people who uh run the weekly weren't able to that day so um i woke up and I had seen the messages in the Discord about how there probably wasn't going to be a weekly because the two people who normally run it had stuff going on. So I was like, well, I mean, it can't be that hard to <laughs> set up a, a Smash GG tournament and run it and stuff. So I proceeded to bolt out of bed and then go and set up a Smash GG tournament page. And yeah, we ran it on time and it was all super great. A bunch of really good players ended up entering. Um, and I had streamed it. I had great commentary from people from the scene. So, uh, it was exciting. And the first time I had ever TO'd. Let's go. Did you, like, it sounded like you had an overall positive experience, but I, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out as we continue to go along the beginnings, but why it and it's not necessarily to your detriment that you're not as involved because that's sort of my story as well. I've known about competitive melee loosely <clears throat> over the years, like since 2005, but I've never gotten into it, never went to a tournament. And I have, of course, come to regret that. But getting into things more now, it feels like it's it's really awesome even just to after a long time of melee information in my head and all these things that not that I know frame data to a T, not that I know all the players, not that I even know all the ins and outs of the social aspect of Melee. I mean, without going to a tournament, of course I can't, but I still, <laughs> I'm still here. So for you, after having run this, does it inspire you in some way to try for a little bit more of that side of things, of being more involved or... Or what do you think the, the future for you and Melee looks like? So I, like, I really love the idea of volunteering for stuff. Um, whether it's, like, um, volunteering to help TO or volunteering to help moderate Twitch chats um, and stuff like that. So I, now that I've had the experience of... Um, like running a tournament from start to end, setting it up and all that stuff, because I was the only person doing it. There, there were no other people around who had ever done anything either. I had my wife helping me a little bit, but she was in the tournament as well. And um, yeah, it was like pretty exciting. And if they needed me to, again to run a tournament or, or help with the bracket or the stream or something like that, I would definitely be you know interested in helping out. Because 
this is like my local community and stuff. It's a region locked um, uh, weekly. So um, this is like people I play with all the time. So uh, I would definitely be interested in helping out more with that kind of stuff. And like I've read Anne of Green Gables. And so I've heard a few Canada landmark terms, but I am a very dumb poorly educated American. Could you please tell me and uh, everyone listening, uh, whereabouts in Canada is Nova Scotia? I could not tell you, and I feel bad saying that, but please, if you if you don't mind giving me a little bit of an education there. So, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm American. I- I'm not from here. I'm, <laughs> I'm from North Carolina. Um, <laughs> but Nova Scotia is uh, part of Atlantic Canada. It makes up four provinces that are Atlantic Canada, which is New Brunswick, aka No Funswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, so it's like a peninsula off the coast of the east coast of Canada. Um, uh, and it's one of the, like, pretty much all of the provinces in eastern Canada are like the least uh, uh, populated. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah a peninsula off the coast of off the east coast of Canada. It's pretty close to Maine. There's a uh, ferry that goes from Maine to Nova Scotia, which is pretty cool. Oh, and so when you said that it was we were going to start recording at eight o'clock Eastern my time, but you must not do the whole hour switch every fall and spring, right? No, we do. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we do, Um, but it's also a different time zone. It's Atlantic time, so AST or ADT, which is an hour ahead of Eastern time. My brain is just, like, being crushed (laughs) right now by this, wait, what? Yeah, so (laughs) there's another time zone. There's actually two more time zones. There's uh, Atlantic Standard Time, and then there's... um, What's the other one called? There's another one that's only for Newfoundland and Labrador, um, which is 30 minutes ahead of Atlantic Standard Time. <laughs> Instead of a, a full hour, they just go 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that puts a whole new meaning into I'll be there 30 minutes. Like It's just giving you a little bit of a boost. Or maybe it's yeah. making you a little bit more ratchet. Either way, either way. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> Yeah, most people don't know about Atlantic time or Newfoundland time. <laughs> it's surprising but, to most people. <laughs> but now I, I do feel a little bit more educated now. I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess that probably is part of part of the part of the journey for you. But do you know do you know whereabouts what year you started to become more interested in melee, or perhaps was it an esports thing and you somehow got funneled into melee? So for me. I've been watching and interested in esports for about a decade now, since about 2011 is when I started watching League of Legends esports. Um, I played League of Legends a lot. Uh, I was in high school at the time, um, and I was like a sophomore in high school, I think, in 2011. So League of Legends had just came out, and I was playing it a lot with my friends online. Um, And then... I just started watching a bunch of streams and I ended up watching like the 
season two world championships for League of Legends, and that's like when I just became completely encapsulated in the world of esports, and I was so interested in it. I remember doing like a final project in one of my high school classes about esports and how cool it was, <laughs> which is like an extremely nerdy thing to do. <laughs> Yes, but that's also cool that you were able to incorporate something that you were interested in into the realm of school, which for me <laughs> did not capture my interest. So that's really cool that you did that. <clears throat> but this was this was high school, of course. So hopefully everybody was cool about it as compared to being like, what? People play video games and make money? What? Oh, don't you don't you worry. In a few years, people will not only be doing that, people <laughs> will be watching these people play video games and give them money to continue to play video games. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was... I mean, I I wasn't like... Uh, I think I was, I was into esports before, like, a lot of people I knew were into esports. Like, it took... It took, like, other people a little bit longer, but it kind of just captured my eye, like, perfectly, and I was, I instantly became so interested. And so that was, like, in 2011, um, and I had not even thought about Smash Brothers at all, um, or Melee, like, specifically. I never played Melee uh, growing up. I played Brawl, like, once or twice, maybe, but I never really enjoyed it that much. Um, and... I've I've been watching I've been watching Melee now and also playing and like competing in Melee since 2015, um, and that kind of started when I went to university, um, uh, in North Carolina. I went to East Carolina University, which is like a pretty big university in North Carolina, and uh, started like playing Melee there with like the Smash uh, club that was there going to a ton of smash fests and competing in tournaments um for uh my university and but why not so, yeah. league of legends sorry i didn't want to cut you <laughs> off i was just curious about why why melee and not something like league of legends something that you were more familiar with i guess is what i'm asking i i saw league of legends and i mean even League of Legends is really big now. I don't know if you know anything about, like, League of Legends esports or anything like that, but it's, like, enormous. Um, <laughs> it's, like, super, super, super big. Like, I think in North America, it's, like, the second most popular or, or most watched, like, sport. Like, right behind football, I think. Uh, wow. It, in North yeah. America? Because I was going to say, in North America, football is king, but I... I would not have guessed that League of Legends or any eSport would be that high over, you know, uh, almost anything could beat hockey and baseball because, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> to hear that it beats basketball and what's the other big one? I'm missing one. Well, you get it. Soccer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it, um, it, there was some, there, it's some like uh, metric or whatever. For, so for like the 18 to 34 age range, it's like the second most popular, which is like a big age range of people who watch sports. Um, but it, it was, it's really big now. But even back when I started watching it, it was really, really, really big. Um, and I was pretty young. Like, uh, so I was like a sophomore in, in high school. I didn't really 
I was not very good at video games. Um, I mostly played with my friends online, and we would play against bots in League of Legends. We wouldn't even play against real people. But I really, really liked playing it. And so I was like, well, I was probably one of the worst out of like my group of friends. Um, so I was content just... I was like super happy just watching uh, really high level play and like all the tournaments and stuff that were going on. Oh, did you uh, finish up there or did I lose you? Oh, no, yeah. I, I was just, yeah, I was happy just watching. Um, but, and I've never really considered like going back and like trying to be really good. I, I play like a little bit even still, um, but I don't play enough to be like particularly good at the game but it's very very fun to watch <laughs> i'm still a, an avid league of legends esports watcher so since i'm not familiar with league of legends in any sort of way what would be a good thing for me to check out in terms of potentially watching league of legends because i haven't i mean i've been shown a few videos that i sort of tried to watch but then ended up like i don't want to say chicken out of maybe i watched the first two minutes and was like i don't i don't get it would there be something <laughs> that you would recommend to me um there's a lot of really really great like uh series that have happened it's just even just in like north american league um so probably like a really Probably the, the most famous one that most people will say is like the most memorable or coolest, most hype moment is um, uh, CLG winning, Counter Logic Gaming winning their their uh, first title. That was like a really big, cool moment. Or maybe even just winning winning um, the, the first mid-season Invitational that they won, um, which was a while ago. I think it was in like 2016 or 2017. Um but just recently, there were a lot of really good playoff um, series in pretty much every region. So Korea, um, China, Europe, North America, stuff like that. Uh, so if you went and you watched any of those regions, like recent playoff finals, they were all pretty uh, high level and interesting. Um, I'd say watching the... Uh, the European one for the LEC is probably like the most exciting. It was a game five and it was like super, super hype um, of a, of a set. Part of my interest in following competitive melee sort of on and off here and there go like, Oh, so that big tournament happened recently or and so-and-so. And then the documentary in 2013 and going, well, this is like, probably the best thing I've ever watched potentially in my whole life and then later on later on here we are I I had the foundation first of really enjoying playing the game itself and then seeing top players or people who just know what they're doing in general didn't have to be players like well it was Ken PC Chris and Mewtwo King at first and then eventually Mango and Armada and Hungrybox and all the way through to newer players like Ben LSD and, and so on I can sort of understand what's happening just because I've played enough Smash in my life casually where I'm going, yeah, these are the sort of things that you want to go for. And then I watch a top player do it, and then I go, or not, maybe don't do that. That is better. What they're <laughs> doing is so sick. It's so awesome. And so I think that with anything besides Smash in terms of esports, from my own perspective, I'm going, what are they doing? 
okay, cool. This is like Call <laughs> of Duty, so we're trying to shoot each other. Okay, cool. But why was that? Why was everybody like going crazy over what just happened? And I think that might be my own challenge. And what I heard you say a little earlier is that you didn't play much of Smash <clears throat> growing up through, you know, your childhood into high school and, and then going to university. That's when you first got to be a little bit more exposed. Was it first by playing the game or did someone say, hey, look, there's this event that's happening and you should watch it live. It's like a really big major tournament that's happening in California this weekend or whatever. When did it first really make you go, oh, I'll watch that again or I'll play that again? So for me, I I have this really like, you know how sometimes you you like just kind of make up these memories in your brain and you're like, oh, yeah, I watched that. Or, oh, yeah, I did this or I had seen that before. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I that's... feel like <laughs> I feel like for me, it's one of those where I have such an enormous memory of watching Apex 2013. Like it's it's really weird. I have absolutely no idea how I would have ended up watching Apex 2013. But for some reason, when I look at like videos of that. I remember seeing like the stream layout and I remember seeing the commentators and I remember like watching this on my computer back in 2013 when it was like live streamed wherever it was live streamed. But I have absolutely no idea how like I would have happened upon that or um, yeah, I just have no idea. So I feel like that's probably the first time I ever watched competitive melee. Um, but the first time I know for sure that I ever watched was, um, I think it was Apex 2015, actually. So another Apex tournament. But I for sure watched Apex 2015. And that was like the first thing that I was like, I started watching it. And ever since then, I've just never stopped watching the big tournaments that are happening. Um, and like regionals that are happening every weekend ever since. And I had never wow. even played Melee, <laughs> like, wow. when, I, when just, I was watching that. <laughs> just, off of, just off of the Apex 2015, and that has, of course, been well-documented as of now. There have been the metagame documentary covering Apex 2015 quite a bit, and then Turn Down for Walt, shout-outs to Turn Down for Walt for the more yeah. recent Apex 2015 documentary. Were you able to watch that? I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just curious if you did. The Apex 2015 documentary. I think I watched some of it, but not all of it. But yeah, I, I, uh, because I was like watching it and kind of like, like zoned in on the, um, on the melee scene at that point, I remember like hearing how they had to evacuate the building and stuff like that and how it might be canceled and things like that. I, I remember watching the tournament and also hearing about that stuff before it happened or, or like as it was happening, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> and and the metagame documentary too. I, I I like have watched the metagame documentary when it uh was showing live on Twitch. So, very good documentary too. And it's so interesting to me how, again, like I said, I I feel like for me, I'm I'm looking at the competitive melee scape and I go, I can, I've played the game. So I kind of know a little bit and, and it really in the grand scheme of things, it's not much, but for you, you, you just got hooked by the competitiveness of it or, or perhaps how the characters moved or the storylines, the, the players, the commentary, the stream, the, 
Twitch chat. I mean, that was obviously a thing back in 2015 as well. Twitch was established by yeah. then. I guess yep. you would have been around when Twitch first started to become a thing. Was Twitch around yeah. for those for those League of Legends streams that you first started watching back in 2011, or was it on a different site? I think some of them... So, I think they might have been on Justin.tv, which is what Twitch was called before it was called Twitch. Um, so, I think that's what I was watching it on before. Um, but, yeah, by 2015, Twitch had, it had turned into Twitch, like, fully. And, um, yeah, I, I just got hooked. Um, I, like I said, I had never even played Melee before. I didn't get, like, my first copy of Melee or GameCube or GameCube controller until, like, the summer of 2015. So, I was going in completely blind. I didn't really know anything about, uh, Melee or how it was played or, like, anything like that. But then you said at university, uh, East Carolina University, if I if I recall correctly, you said yeah. that you were starting to get a little bit more involved because there's a Smash Club, and and then it just kind of goes from there. Did you say to yourself at first, I, I really like watching, I'm just going to focus on that, I'm not going to be the best player in the world or anything? Or did the best player in the world thought go through your mind for a little while? When I first, so since I've never done um, any kind of like content stuff or like anything like that, I've always wanted to be good at the game. Um, and I think right now, because I'm like still competing and stuff like that, I think right now is definitely the best I've ever been at the game. Um, I'm still a zero tour, but I'm definitely significantly better than I've ever been before in my life. But yeah. When I started playing in university, uh, there were a bunch of people at my university that played because it was a pretty big university. Um, and I got super inspired to be good at Melee and inter-tournaments and stuff like that. I, I even, like, to, like, jog my memory, I went back and I found brackets from uh, the weeklies that I had gone to and, like, the monthlies and stuff. So that I could remember the people's names because it's been so long. Like like twenty fifteen was like six years ago. So and now I live in a whole another country. So it um I I wanted to go back and like see these people's names and be like, Yeah, I recognize this this person, I remember this person and who they <laughs> played and stuff like that. So yeah, I wanted to be really good and I was inspired by the people around me who were really, really, really good. And then eventually you probably realize, okay, so this, this does take a lot of work. The people who are really good have been playing for a long time. And so you weren't tempted to go into the content side of things. How did you, after, maybe perhaps we can, if you don't mind, forward the timeline of Smidge to getting out of university when you're not around the Smash Club anymore. How do you maintain the relationship with Melee? Is it just specifically through watching the tournaments live on Twitch? Yeah, so I I went to university for about a year, and then I was like, gosh, this is not for me. <laughs> like, I think I remember uh, you on one of the previous podcasts talking with someone about uh, university and how it uh, kind of sucks. <laughs> um, that it does yes in my own opinion yes <laughs> that was yeah. with tax yeah <laughs> uh so I, I definitely felt the same way i was not doing well even though i was having like the time of my life um 
like being myself uh, and having all these like friends, meeting all these new people and playing Melee and having lots of fun. It was me having a lot of fun uh, and then doing very bad in school. So I was like, okay, I, <laughs> I got put on academic probation after one year of university. So I was like, I'm just going to drop it. Um, but I s was definitely still really in love with Melee and kept up with like watching and like uh, playing against a CPU because I didn't know anyone in person um, who played Melee besides the people that I went to university with. And my university was about a, a half hour, maybe 45 minutes away from where I lived in North Carolina. So I couldn't just like go there. I didn't have a job or a car, so I couldn't go to uh, smash fests or uh, weeklies or monthlies anymore. So my, my relationship with Melee after university, this was in like 2016, summer of 2016 when I dropped out, was entirely like me playing by myself and playing against like CPUs and stuff and uh, watching a lot of Melee, like as much as I could, especially since I had so much free time. I was watching a lot of stuff and like uh, thinking about Melee more than ever. Who were your some of your favorite players in those days when you're like, ah, yeah, getting up to anywhere is a bit of a logistical challenge. And welcome to adulting, by the way, 2016 Petra, welcome. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what 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 were some of your favorite things that you looked forward to watching the tournaments on the on? Well, actually, okay, locals do actually happen on other days besides Saturday, Sunday, but even for the majors, who were some of your favorite players that you'd like to watch or characters that you enjoy watching? I think back then it was like pretty much, I really, really liked watching Leffen and Mango. I, um, I'm a Fox main. Uh, when I first started, I was a Falco main and I have no idea if it was, because of Mango or anything like that. But for some reason, that was my first main ever was Falco. Um, and then I eventually ended up turning into a Fox main after a while. So I, I was like partial to spacey players. Um, but I think the majority of the uh, like top 10 then was really, really uh, exciting to watch. I especially really liked Wizrobe, even though I've never really mained Captain Falcon. He's still one of my most favorite players. I, I think he has like a an amazing competitor's mindset, and he does really crazy stuff with Captain Falcon that like no one has ever really done before. Um, so he he's like my favorite player to still watch, uh, even still. Wizrobe is very fun to watch. I agree, and. It's so interesting to me how there are three really good Falcons, right? Well, actually four, because Gatsu's really been making moves recently. But yeah. Wizrobe, Nun, S2J, and we'll, we'll throw in Gatsu as well. They all seem to play Falcons slightly differently, and I can't always explain it at all times, but it's there. You, you see it too. Maybe you could put words into it, <laughs> but it is really cool. And I've been loving the fact that Wizrobe has been entering a few more online events recently uh, just because of SEL. Summit Champions League, not the other one. Summit Champions League. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was getting like Mandela affected, if you know what that means. When that I saw that it was Summit Champions League, because I was like, did they always have it as Summit Champions League? I could have sworn <laughs> it was Slippy before. Maybe I'm just losing my mind. 
No, it was Slippy. It was definitely Slippy before. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It definitely was. <laughs> so, it sounds like it sounded. Sorry, it sounds to me like you're watching all these events in 2016 and going into 2017. You're seeing, you're seeing the floaties start to take over, mainly in the form of. Hungry Box, but also to a slight extent Armada, just because Armada's still playing at this point and plays as Peach half the time, Fox the other half the time. And you're watching a lot of events and you're keeping up with things. You're probably on Twitter to some degree at this point. I mean, not necessarily tweeting at everyone and go and trying to stoke the melee drama, but like, <clears throat> what was your perspective of that, of that timeline where, of where, the spaces were sort of, I don't want to say overall, like completely on the back burner. I just mean that for like these majors, it felt like at the time of 2016, 17 and 18, that it was a lot of hungry box versus armadas for for grand finals. Not every major, but a lot of that. I'm asking you if you could sort of encapsulate what it was like to follow melee closely in those years. Yeah, it was, um, I think uh, maybe a lot of people think the same way, but, but yeah, like 2016 and 2017 were really, really, even 2018, I'm looking at like Liquidpedia um, for the major tournaments of like uh, the different years. Um, and those years were really rough because you saw like a bunch of really good players, like, uh, like Leffin and Mewtwo King and Mango and stuff like that. Um, playing really well. And then Armada and Hbox in the grand finals were just playing better, like every time, <laughs> especially when Mango would end up playing against them. Um, it like, it was a little bit depressing in a sense, every time you would like get to grand finals because top eights and all the other stuff before the tournament or, or like during the tournament were always so cool. And then you'd end up getting to grand finals or winners finals, and it would just be like a quick 3-0 or a 3-1 or something. And you'd just be like, dang, <laughs> that was not as cool as I was hoping it would be. <laughs> <laughs> like every time, it was never as cool as I was hoping it would be. Um, uh, and that's, yeah, like for all the big tournaments I'm seeing, like like Genesis, Evo, Big House... I mean, in 2016, Mango won Big House, but, like, Evo, Hbox won, Genesis, Armada won. Um, yeah, it was rough, especially when it was Mango versus a floaty, because back then, Mango didn't play very, like, uh, defensively. He was super aggressive. He hadn't, like, evolved his play style. So a lot of it was just him running at floaties and being punished really hard for it, and that was hard to watch. It's like stop running in please no please stop please stop yeah it's <laughs> it was really painful and i wasn't even like an enormous mango fan but like it was just painful to see this tournament be built up in like the a weekend and then watch it all just fall apart like somewhat unceremoniously <laughs> right at the end oh god i want to I want to give a, a a shout out to the to melee stats, the deep dive melee stats. With there was an episode recently with with Sheridan and Amber Sinister and <clears throat> Edwin Budding. And I get oh, I want to make sure 
Oh, no, it was Wheat, excuse me. Wheat, Amber Sinister, and Sheridan, they were talking about a couple of different things. And it made me randomly think, because they're talking about greatest sets of all time, made me randomly think of GTX 2017, Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Hungrybox versus Armada, Grand Finals. <laughs> it, it goes to Game 5 both times. HBox resets the bracket, and it's a Game 10, Grand Finals, two sets. It's really, really exciting, except you can tell, even... even th- watching the video itself the crowd is like (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it's it's once again jigglypuff versus fox which is a fun matchup except there there was a lot of jigglypuff versus fox back in those days because it would be armada versus hungrybox and as impressive as of a a performance as that was i mean both of them pushed each other really hard in in those in, in that grand final set the two sets excuse me but it was just amongst a bunch of other hungry box versus armada grand finals and so what was your reaction to armada retiring in the middle of 2018 it was like maybe august of that year something like that maybe i didn't i mean i mean i liked i really liked watching armada like especially his peach i thought his peach was really really great um and he's such like a storied player that it was honestly really weird when he um stopped entering and stuff uh I, I definitely missed like having a peach that was like like being able to see a peach that was super 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 good um and i still i think even even still we're feeling like uh the absence of armada because there are some good peaches that are like coming up but armada was just like he was so good at peach and he was such a good player and he took peach super far like farther than i think peach has ever been taken um and we're still like missing that for and that's the case for like a lot of um uh uh like like weird characters like i like pikachu and yoshi and stuff like that like when when the best people of those characters aren't playing like axe or amsa when they aren't playing, it is like a void. Like that, there aren't people who are filling that void, and we aren't getting to see like these characters do really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, it was really weird, especially then. I think that there weren't like, there definitely wasn't like like the peaches we know now, like Kalamazoo and Mog and stuff like that. They weren't really as good back then as they are now. So. It, it was a huge, like, hole in brackets. Like, not never seeing, like, a really good Peach play. It was really weird. Yes, certainly Armada is the gold standard of, of Peach. It's the, it's the person who, even even nowadays, you if you want to learn how to play Peach, you certainly need to li- look at least a few different Armada sets playing yeah. as Peach. And even even, like, though the meta has definitely evolved or at least in my opinion and blah 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 like Armada would certainly certainly, even solo maining peach nowadays be a bracket threat and just be ready to trash your favorite spacey and send him down to losers or knock him out of the tournament so i i i regret the fact that like i wasn't able to watch i don't think i don't think i was able to watch any armada set live because i didn't get more focused into watching live events and following along closely until the end of 2018 when Armada 
had already been retired for a few months by then and everybody was going, oh, I guess it's not a joke. Because there's also a little bit of a meme of people saying, all right, I'm retired from Melee. All right, and now I'm back for (laughs) for another round, back again. The champ is back. Yep. And (laughs) because Melee never really leaves you, even to this day, uh, to give Armada credit, could, uh, aside from the fact that I believe would be able to play very well in any online bracket, also a big doubles threat, especially when it's Armada and Android, and they they play doubles over there in Europe, which is really cool to watch those stream highlights on Armada's YouTube channel, which is a thing. You should go check it out. (laughs) The last question that I have for you about the encapsulation of that timeline where you're really following along, because I want to talk about more of you stuff, but I one more question about Pulp, also known as Plup. You got to see plup kind of come up into all things melee first as samus then sheik then fox what was your perspective seeing a different a new blood if you will of melee at in that time frame it was so cool because i think like then he was still playing like a lot of samus um and i really like one of my favorite players also at this time was duck who is a samus player from michigan who I think plays Sheik now or something like that. He doesn't really compete um, anymore, but he was um, really fun to watch. And I played, I mained Samus for a short amount of time in university, um, mostly just because I wanted to like cheese people out because they didn't know how to play against Samus, but that's something else. (laughs) But um, yeah, it it was super cool. I I really enjoyed watching Plup play. in 2016 uh i think i'm looking at his results he was he was playing in like 2015 and 2016 he was still playing a lot of samus and then 2017 he was playing like a lot of chic and a lot of fox um and then i he basically doesn't play like any samus at all anymore but yeah samus is a really cool character to watch i think plup was like really good with her um and it was cool having like two really good samuses plup and duck also, before we, like, leave off of uh, 2017, you mentioned GTX, Game, Game Tyrant Expo, uh, and, like, the best, one of my favorite sets of all time is Leffen versus Lovage. I don't know if you, it's in pools, it's a pool set. I don't know if you've ever seen that set, but I highly recommend watching it. <laughs> I won't Let spoil it or anything. Let me find it on YouTube while you talk about it a little bit. I, I won't spoil it or anything because it's just... It's like a really exciting set to watch, but it's, yeah, it's super cool. Um, and funny also the commentary is really funny. Um, I think it has homemade waffles on commentary. Um, and it's super, super, it's a great set. It's a great pool set. Probably one of the best pools melee sets of like all time. (laughs) Well, why have I never heard about uh, melee stats? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You'll get to it at some point. I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> you 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 had to be there like I, I i don't i honestly haven't seen a lot of people like ever really talk about it but like i, I was watching it live and it was crazy <laughs> um but yeah it, it is just like a best of three pools set it, it's like i think it's really cool but i bet a lot of people probably don't think it's like <laughs> that exciting but it was pretty exciting to me i really liked leffen and i also really like love as a player and a commentator um so, like, it was really exciting to me, at least. <laughs> oh, Petra, he lost He lost his double jump, Petra. That's, I, <laughs> yeah. love, I love that Lovage line. That is 
uh, it's been so fun to watch Lovage on commentary with with Squid. Oh yeah. And, and um, sorry, Slime. Yes, for for Summit Champions League too. It's been really fun to watch them and listen to their commentary. But that's like my favorite thing that Lovage does. Is yeah. when you're like, oh, and that's just gonna get the stock. That's gonna get the stock. He he has a great voice, and he has like really funny commentary. Like he he's a pretty smart player, but his commentary is just like not really very analytical at all. He's just really funny. <laughs> well, it's better than yelling tree on Dreamland. I think at some point Hungrybox yelling to... tree. At some point, Hungrybox was on was on the mic at one of the Smash summits and yelled "tree" during a oh, set. Oh gosh, no, yeah, I I I vaguely remember that. Yeah, <laughs> Lovage can yeah, never that's, that's get to the point commentary. of yelling "tree" on the Dreamland match. As is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I don't know. I I I mean, possibly, but also, if he just randomly said "tree." I would also might think that's extremely funny. <laughs> well, like that also might just be perfect. Oh yeah, definitely yeah yeah. <laughs> so when when uh, when when 2018 rolls around, are you still in North Carolina? Are we starting to get into the adulting side of things where it's like okay, gotta support myself like take me through of how you're how you're navigating through everything and also still continuing to enjoy melee either uh, just purely spectating or or now you're trying to enter in more events at that time frame what was 2018 like for you so so 2018 was like probably uh, i i i went to shine 2018 which was like really really cool um but Ooh, uh wow yeah, didn't yeah. <laughs> that was like that was a really big thing. That I'll was let the you, one I'll Zane won. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I like dropped out of university in 2016, and I was living at home for a while, watching a, lo a lot of melee. I made this is like the one time I've actually made content around melee. I got really interested in the Japanese melee scene, and it was um, when it wasn't very like well documented. Um, like, there was a lot of stuff that was, uh, like, brackets and stuff that was untranslated, and people weren't really, like, you know, excited to, to see um, uh, Japanese tournaments and stuff like that. They were pretty small. They weren't very popular. Um, but I started, because I wanted to get better at the game, I started analyzing sets, like, myself. Uh, and I was streaming some of it. I didn't do it for very long, you know. There's lots of stuff that people start and then they do for, like, two weeks. And then they stop doing it. So that was the kind of thing for me. But that's, like, the one time I've ever actually done um, anything like that. Like, I wanted to try and make uh, the Japanese Smash scene more, like, available to English-speaking people. Um, so I was, like, trying to help get... Uh, um, certain things translated and then like brackets converted and stuff like that. And I was also analyzing sets of Japanese players on stream to get better at the game, but also to like show people how good some of the players in Japan were um, and how like you should be excited about these players. I did some writing and stuff about it too, but I didn't do that for very long. Um, but it was something I was excited about. Uh, and so in, in 2016, I was um, doing that. I moved to Virginia 
Virginia Beach in uh, 2017. And I didn't live there for very long, so I didn't get to be like super uh, involved in the MDVA scene. I gave them a CRT <laughs> that I didn't need anymore. Ooh, so, let's go. <laughs> I was I just posted on the MDVA Facebook page, hey, does anyone want the CRT? And then someone showed up a few hours later to take my CRT, which uh, you should do if you have CRTs or you know people who have CRTs that don't need them or use them at all. Give them to like your local melee scene because you can always use more CRTs. Um, and... So, so I didn't live in Virginia Beach for very long. It, I was thinking about going to the Cave, which was a tournament that happens uh, in Virginia, I think, in Virginia Beach or somewhere near Virginia Beach. Um, but I ultimately didn't end, end up going to anything there. And then I moved all the way to Connecticut in New England um, and started playing a lot of Melee, like more than ever. Uh because the person I lived with was into Melee and esports and stuff. So me and her were playing a lot of Melee. We played tons of friendlies and we were like streaming Melee and stuff like that. Um, so like 2017, 2018 was like a really big year for me. I was like entering, uh, well, I wasn't entering like locals because I didn't have a car or anything, but I entered Shine 2018 and I was playing a lot of Melee and trying to get good for like Shine 2018 in particular. And were you able to watch the rest of the event live at the venue? Were you lifting up chairs and that kind of thing? I wasn't lifting up chairs, but I was surrounded by people who were lifting up chairs, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is very cool. I, I have like a video of I was pretty close to like the stage in um, when I was there, and I took a video of when Zane won Shine Twenty Eighteen. Um, like in like the crowd reaction and stuff. And yeah, there were a lot of chairs. It was hard to see on the stream because they had like an angled camera that sh to show the players. So you couldn't see like half of the venue basically. Um, but there were a lot of people holding up chairs and losing their minds because Zane just beat HBox. Um, it was super cool. Couldn't be done, they said. And you get it. Obviously, <laughs> that was the first... <clears throat> That was the first big tournament that Zane took, and all of a sudden, there's once again it's that new blood feeling. Although Zane's been, Zane had been playing for years leading up to that point, but had established himself as yeah, he a was a doc kid. That that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people talked about afterwards is that he got into melee from the original Smash documentary, and he just won a major. <laughs> that was like right. a big deal. <laughs> Very big deal. I mean. If you think about it in 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 that way, when we talk about the, either a metagame documentary or if someone somehow got exposed to Melee through a Ludwig stream, particularly during Five Days of Melee and LACS three, like you you don't know what comes out of that, right? <laughs> like yeah. because you don't see the payoff until like twenty twenty five or twenty thirty. Exactly. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Melee will be alive and well by then. Also, that's the goal. Anyway, so. <laughs> You were in you were in Connecticut. It seems like you're you're kind of heading further and further north. Is the Arctic Circle next for you? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm planning uh, by the time like uh, 2030 or yeah around then I'm gonna be living in Svalbard. Uh, so we're getting up there in Nova Scotia now. I can only go 
so much further up until I'm living in uh, Greenland or something. <laughs> well, we'll get there one one step at a time. So... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be streaming and TOing tournaments in Greenland. <laughs> oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That would be that. Of course, that would be super fun. Greenland's got a very massive melee scene that I don't yet know about, but I can't wait to find out. Okay, so <laughs> I have no idea how yeah. many people even live in Greenland. Couldn't couldn't <laughs> tell you. Also, why it's named Greenland, and then the nice one is named Iceland. It's it's all kinds of confusing. But when when we talk about when we talk about 2018, it's also the year that Ultimate is like being first pushed out. Like it came out in December of that year. And so <clears throat> from your own perspective, you had seen Brawl. You had seen Smash 4, I'm sure, because a lot of events that you would watch Melee for. A lot of people in Twitch chat being like, Smash 4 when? And then, of course, when Ultimate comes out, it's like, Ultimate when? <laughs> it's like, Ugh. But when, when the game comes out at first and you hear all the stuff, you probably watch some of the trailers or whatnot. Were you excited about it? Like, what was your own perspective of when Ultimate came out and when you first tried out the game? I'm, I'm assuming you did. Yeah, I, I bought a Switch, like, specifically for Ultimate because I was like, uh, this could be cool. I'd played Smash 4 um, in university because I think it had come out in, like, 2014, I think, or something like that. Um, I had played it, like, on my 3DS, and then I played the Wii U version when it came out. Um, and so... I played it a little bit, so I was, like, familiar with the system, because they basically just ported, like, the exact system from uh, Smash Wii U to Smash Ultimate. Um, and, I mean, I, I played it, like, when it came out. I got a Switch for it, um, and I played it with the person I was living with in Connecticut. Um, but <laughs> it felt so weird. That's the one thing about Melee that is just so special is like how the characters feel when they move how it feels to do like certain moves for certain characters uh and whenever i have played ultimate it the whole that whole part of it just feels completely off like i there's just something weird about the whole experience so uh yeah, I didn't play it very much because it just felt really weird. I don't know if you've ever played it, but it 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 it's like really kind of bizarre feeling going from melee to ultimate. Ultimate is just a casual game in my eyes. I mean, respect to the people who do play it competitively because that has to be a, an enormous headache, but for me, I just look at it as a as a very casual game and yeah, let's let's have eight people on at once. Let's have items on. Let's go to temple again and again and again but i <laughs> i i i got yeah i did the same thing that you did i got a switch specifically for ultimate i'm like it's the newest one eight people can play i thought that was really cool for smash 4 how eight people could play and of course that's not a competitive thing it's just like it's it's fun to play casually and so it it's very much just a casual thing but now i'm not going to i mean if they come out with like a season three or like a fighters pass three or whatever, like any future purchases from Nintendo, like I, I can't do, I can't do it, Petra. Not after, yeah. not after this, <laughs> of November or October of 2020. But before we get there, what was the year of 2019 like for you watching Melee? I'm sure, I'm sure Big House Nine was probably a big highlight. Just a guess, just a guess. But 
just tell me, walk me through 2019 for you and your experience with Melee as well. Um, so 2019 was like great. Like, I don't know if you watched Smash and Splash 5, but Smash and Splash 5 was the first, was a major. And it was the first time Captain Falcon had won a major and Wizrobe did it. Um, what a pop off. And he has the most legendary pop off ever. <laughs> like, the pop off to end all pop offs. Um, that was so exciting. Like, that's still, I think I have to say, that is literally my favorite tournament that has ever happened. Like, watching it and watching Wizrobe actually do it against HBox was, like, exhilarating. The whole experience was super exciting. Um, so, yeah, that, that year was, like, great. Um, I almost ended up going to Shine 2019, but they had moved it from uh, the uh, seaport in Boston to another place in Massachusetts, but it was, like... I didn't have a car. I didn't really know anyone in the Connecticut or New England scene to, like, um, carpool with. So so I wanted to go, but it was like I, I couldn't, um, like, really get my way there. Um, but it was still, like, a really exciting year, um, like, with Mango's Birthday Bash and stuff like that. Uh, all the summits. Yeah, Axe won Smash Summit 8, like, Pikachu winning a summit. <laughs> Like, that was really, really, really cool and was also something that had never been done before. Um, so, yeah, 2019 was, like, after watching HBox win a whole bunch of stuff and, like, Armada still winning stuff, too, in 2018 at the beginning, uh, 2019 was, like, probably one of the most exciting, like, years of Melee ever. Um, it was super, super cool. But what about but what about Axe beating Wizrobe? That must have been really painful for you because you're thinking to yourself, man, <laughs> couldn't have couldn't have Leffen or somebody else from this bracket made it up to Axe <laughs> in grand finals or something? And especially since Wizrobe took a set, like people forget it was it was it was the second set that Axe yeah. won to to win Smash Summon Eight, and that was so wholesome and it was awesome, and I was so happy for Axe. And, and coming down, the first thing he says is, I just want to say, happy Father's Day. And I'm like, come on, X. <laughs> so wholesome. He's such a charmer. <laughs> such a charmer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it might have been, like, painful. But, like, especially it, it happened, like, right after Smash and Splash 5, too. <laughs> it was, like, two weeks after Wizard beat HBox at Smash and Splash 5. But, like, I was honestly, uh, the Smash Summit tournaments are always so, so, so exciting. And they're so cool to watch because there's so many different things going on. So many different commentators and side events and stuff like that. It was just like, yeah, like, this was a good ending to a, to a summit. Was, like, all these people playing their hardest in this basically, like, this, like, competitive compound that is, like, a Smash Summit house. And Axe comes out on top, and, like, yeah, that makes sense. Axe, like, played really, really hard, and so was everyone else. So it was cool to see him do it against, like, all his opponents at, like, the highest level they could have been at at the time. Even though he beat Wizrobe. It was still really cool. <laughs> yes. And that was that was my thought process at the time as well, after knowing that 
Wesra could potentially be going for a second major tournament in a row. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, wouldn't that just be the wildest timeline of Captain Falcon not <laughs> winning one, but winning two? But the, the, the Melee story is still ongoing. It has not been fully written, so... Yep. We'll see. I mean, I'm also really excited about how well S2J and Nun have been doing and have taken events of their own in the online era. But short of that, or just short of that, we've been teasing it uh, because it's a big part of Melee. However, I wanted to get your perspective on what early 2020 was like because COVID and, or I guess it was the coronavirus at the time, but you get it. We weren't really thinking about that in January. I'd heard about it. I think the end of December, like maybe Christmas time. And so in early 2020, I'm just going smash world tour. That's going to be awesome. And people are like, what about this virus thing though? And I'm going, (laughs) Oh, come on. I mean, how bad can it be? And we find out that it, of course, like it's a pandemic, but where, where, where were you at at that time of early 2020 in in melee? So I, I have like a really weird, interesting perspective on like the beginning of 2020. So so in 2018, I met like my I met my current like wife online. Like we had started dating basically. Uh, we had like a common interest in speedrunning Game Boy games, um, which is still something I'm super passionate about. Um, and so we had started. I had started like visiting her in Nova Scotia, which is where she lives, and I lived in Connecticut at the time. And so. Um, it was my second or third visit to Nova Scotia in January of 2020, and I see as I'm leaving, like, all this stuff about COVID, and I see all these signs in the airport as I'm leaving, like, uh, if you've been, like, we're gonna ask you if you've been to China in the last, uh, two weeks or whatever, or if you've recently traveled to China, because that was when... It was, like, still mostly, like, self-contained in Wuhan and China. Um, And it hadn't really, like, broken in and uh, been a big thing in North America yet. But, yeah, I noticed it there, and I was like, it it wasn't, like, a problem or anything. Not yet, at least. But it was really weird seeing it and then having it happen again right before um, it there were like enormous breakouts in North America. My wife had come down from Nova Scotia to Connecticut to be with me for my birthday. And the worst birthday ever, COVID like takes over and um, is like, you know, the world has changed after that. That was like the last normal week everyone had before COVID. Um, And then everything's just crazy. It was, it was my wife's birthday weekend that also, (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Great birthday, Bradley. <laughs> Perfect timing, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I, I just remember, like, you know, me and my wife going to some restaurant, and, like, that was the last normal thing we did pre-COVID, was go to a restaurant and, like, eat inside the restaurant. <laughs> That's so funny. That is the same exact way for us. We're at this restaurant, and we're going, is this the last time we're going to do this for a while? And and they, obviously the answer was yes, yeah. Yeah. it was. That was the last time we did normal stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was, I was like, um, what really sucks is that my wife or my girlfriend at the time, or no, yeah, we had gotten engaged at the time. So my fiance lived in Nova Scotia and almost immediately 
most people like probably weren't aware of this or didn't think much about it, but most almost immediately Canada closed its borders with the US. So no one could no one from the US could go into Canada um without like if unless you were doing like completely essential work or something like that or you if you were a Canadian citizen or permanent resident. So I was stuck in Connecticut. <laughs> I was like uh I I was like, well, I got furloughed off of my job. I was, I mean, it was, like, fine. I, I was completely fine during, like, the majority of it, you know. Luckily, lots of people weren't fine during the beginning of COVID. Um, but, yeah, I was watching stuff. It, I was watching, like, you know, Genesis happened in Zane 1 Genesis, which was really cool. Um, I didn't watch, like, the first few online tournaments because they were, like, delay-based. Like, I remember not watching, um, Gommel, uh, or LACS2 very much, or Pound. I didn't, I don't think I watched Pound online. Um, yeah. The, the, what I hear from, like, those sets, or from those tournaments is that it was really rough. <laughs> the delay-based code. yes. Not very good. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I was still watching and then once Slippy came out, like rollback Slippy, I started playing a lot more melee. And what was it, what did it feel like to you? Because you, you're, you're playing a lot on CRT, you know how that feels and it wasn't necessarily as streamlined as it is now. We have to say like at first it was (laughs) random stage selection. So, you know, a little bit stuffed, but (laughs) certainly, certainly a great step in the right direction going from delay-based netcode to rollback-based netcode. And thank you, Fizzy. Thank you, Slippy team. Every time. Every time. Yes, be thankful. Thank you. But, but when you first got started, what, what of, were your impressions? Of Fizzy. Thank you. <laughs> um, I thought it was really cool. And almost immediately, I was like... Because, like, my wife is, like, interested in Melee and stuff, and, like, now she's super interested and she, like, competes and stuff like that. But back back then, she would, like, watch um, tournaments when I was watching tournaments, and I was like, we should play. Like, you know, we're kind of far away, but this has rollback netcode, so we should play against each other. Um, So, like, I think we did that, and she was playing on, like, an Xbox controller, like a 360 controller, playing Melee on her PC, um uh but yeah it was cool i I almost immediately like ended up joining some um slippy servers to like play against people uh and yeah i started like trying to get good again i wasn't really entering anything but i was like playing a good amount of uh slippy rollback and then we got to then we got to see the events slowly get uh, well, past the random selection stage stage of 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 the slippy rollback, but in into broadcasting mode and doubles more recently in the past like three or four months, but or I mean, actually it's been a little longer than that even. But <clears throat> the last the last delay based thing that I remember watching, and this was like a week and a half or two weeks before rollback dropped, which I found to be a very cruel timing scenario. Was the octagon where it was all the first to five grudge matches between everybody? And oh yeah, that, that was the that was the only delay based event that I remember watching, and it went well. Everybody was having a good time, and 
even though we understood the huge limitations of of delay based netcode at the time, it was still like reasonable melee. It was it wasn't like amazing melee, but it was still reasonable. It was still watchable, and it was really well run by Golden Guardians, who I have just been so excited to see how much more they've gotten into melee recently. And you can speak to that yeah. if you want to, but uh, I've I've really enjoyed following along in the online melee world because of how we continue to persist it's it's almost it's almost enjoyable because we continue to make it a thing uh i i don't really know how to describe it at all times but we're obviously aware that it comes down to things like oh well maybe that person's controller is bad because that's still a good excuse in the online world. Or maybe they don't have great internet. Good excuse as well. Maybe their computer monitor is only 60 hertz. Also a good excuse. It just goes on and on and on, right? But it's still really fun to watch. And I'm just curious to hear your own perspective on, on online rollback as a, as a whole. And you can cover that from whatever angle you want and watching all of it. How, how has it been for you? So, like, it's been super super great i remember um like a few weeks ago maybe a few months ago um where i had watched a tof video where he was talking about uh is melee dying and it basically was like melee isn't dying but it's people find it hard to find tournaments like to tournaments to watch which i can understand if you're not a fan like a hardcore fan of melee um and you don't follow the right channels, you don't know what Twitters to follow and stuff like that. But for me, being a fan and, like, already, like, super into Melee, it's great because there's a cool tournament to watch, like, all the time. Like, right as right right now, as, like, we're recording this, there's Smash at Xanadu, which I was watching earlier, and I was watching Rio Beat uh, stream their, um, their run through Xanadu, uh, which was super cool that I can watch someone stream their run through Xanadu. Um... And I can also, like, watch the mainstream and stuff. Like, there's a lot more Melee content now that everyone's at home and also everything's online. So if you know, like, where to go, it's, like, perfect for viewing. There's so many cool tournaments going on for so many different regions and so many different groups of people that there's something to watch, like, every single night. Uh, Which definitely was not the case pre-Slippy rollback, even in delay. Like, there, there wasn't stuff on all the time and when we were back in LAN there still wasn't stuff on all the time and if there was it was on it wasn't as well as uh it wasn't as well as well marketed it wasn't like it didn't get as many entrants because people had to go out to the actual venue to play but now since everything's online a lot more people enter these like kind of just random tournaments uh, like East Coast Fridays and Smash at Xanadu and Untitled and stuff like that. There's a ton of stuff to watch. Training Mode Tuesdays. Um, like, you, you you basically have a cool tournament to watch every single night of the week. And then on the weekends, there's stuff like SCL. <laughs> and you have, like, the qualifiers on Saturday for SCL. Almost every day of the week, you can watch really, really good Melee. Sometimes even from different regions, like there's a cool tournament happening in Europe in the morning and then in the afternoon or at night, there's a cool tournament happening in North America. It's super great, like from both a competitor's perspective and a viewer's perspective, because if you want to compete, 
there's almost assuredly something out there that is made specifically for you wanting to compete. And it's just great. Oh, and <clears throat> and shout outs to Rollback Rumble series as well. Great, great yeah. weeklies and, and well I I keep wanting to say locals, but it's it really is uh across either North America West or North America East. Yeah, uh, so shout-outs to Homemade Waffles and the rest of the Rollback Rumble Series team, as well as all the people involved in the same circuit over in Europe. Regen is yes. their next, the next leg of the same circuit. Uh, it's up- upcoming this weekend. And I think it'll be on BTS Smash without checking. I, I think that's what it will be on. So, like you said, that's your, that's your Saturday and Sunday morning. And then you yeah. get to watch other things in the afternoon. It won't be Summit Champions League this particular weekend, but yeah, the next weekend and the weekend after that, that's what we'll get to look forward to. You're right. There's there's Melee literally every day, and you can <laughs> see the people's perspective as they stream, if they so choose to share. That has become a bit of a meta where certain players for certain tournaments will not stream their run of that particular event. But most of the time, people are streaming their run, and you can see what's happening, and you can... <laughs> And you can see uh, uh, the emotions a little bit more up close because I think we've all been curious about that sometime, <laughs> sometimes. And that's why we have player cams in the in the LAN, the pre-pandemic world. There were, there were cameras on the players' faces as well as the game itself because you just want to be closer to the action and understand the emotions a little bit better, e- either because you're curious or because whatever. So that's been an interesting part of all this as well. People streaming and then they're streaming serious competitive tournament sets. Very interesting to watch. Yeah, and as a competitor, it is like... I I think I streamed... So so there was a... Um, in Nova Scotia, where I live now, there's a uh, weekly... It's a region-locked weekly for all of Atlantic Canada. And I think I streamed my first week, and I ended up winning a set, like going one and two, my the first time, the first tournament mm, I've played in a go. really long time. I haven't won a set since. I've I've taken games off of people here and there, but uh, yeah, streaming is like kind of more stressful. Um, so I haven't streamed any of my like tournaments when I'm playing in them since, because uh, it just kind of feels different. And also, every single time I'm, like, streaming and playing Melee at the same time, I'm thinking, is this making my connection worse? Is this, like, gonna lead to me getting (laughs) desynced from someone? So I kind of just don't even bother with it. And I think a lot of people, especially, like, really top players, like, they uh, probably feel more comfortable when they're not streaming or if they are streaming. I think a lot of people still haven't figured out, like, uh, what works best for them. So some people aren't playing as well as they normally would because they haven't, like, figured out their ritual for uh, competing. Because it would be completely different to what they would have if they were at a tournament in person, you know? Some people have things that they do the same way before every single set, and they feel a particular way when they're on um, stage playing. Uh, And it's just different. Like when you're at home and there's no one around you or anything like that, and especially if you're streaming, there's a whole bunch of um, like different things you have to take care of and try and make feel correct so you can play your best. And it's a whole bunch of stuff to think about. 
And it, it's even like the little tiny things like, have you drank enough water today? Have you kind of not only prepared yourself for a tournament, but also have you kind of made uh, like your room clean like that? Cause like clutter kind of affects things, right? Like all these little yeah. things that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of before. Cause you're, you're going to a local and you're sitting down to the person that you're playing next to the person you're playing against. You don't really think about, uh, is this bar really clean right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is, it's been very interesting to follow along and, <clears throat> Eventually, this will sort of transition back into the LAN and in-person events again, but online's not going to go anywhere. We have rollback netcode, the God's gift to humanity. Thank you, Fizzy. So there, <laughs> there, there's, there's going to still be these tournaments that happen very frequently, probably every night still. And yeah. from your own perspective, what do you think it is going to look at like I, I'm not asking you to look into a, mirror, uh, a glass mirror ball thingy and give me the pr correct prediction. I'm just you're someone who follows along pretty closely, so I'm interested to hear what you think the new realm of in-person events mixed in with online events, what that looks like in your eyes. So I I pretty much only enter my weekly um, because it's like it's region locked, and when I been playing i'm never thinking this could desync because this person's pretty far away from me especially if it's an east coast thing like they could be in florida and that would be a pretty awful connection all the way from up in canada to florida so i'm like i temper my expectations and i only enter stuff that's like based in where i'm living because i don't want to end up losing and then be like oh i lost because of a bad connection and i don't want to win and then uh end up like with the other person salty because of a bad connection i don't want to deal with any desyncs because that's always a headache in tournament when someone's like well it's because of your connection and the other person's all it's because of yeah your connection and it's just going back and forth but i think the thing that will stay and i have discovered this like enormous community of these amateur players because my wife enters these tournaments there's there's a lot of tournaments that are made specifically for new players of Melee. Like, not just that they have amateur brackets, but you have to, like, have started playing within the last few months to enter these tournaments. Um, and my wife enters a lot of them because she only started playing and, like, like, seriously playing in January of this year. Um, so I, I think those are really, really great because you don't, you, you get, like, to play against a bunch of people who are your same like skill level and create like a community around these people who are all the same skill, skill level and you all kind of get better at the same, sometimes at the same rate, but like, you know, people aren't um, smurfing in them or anything like that. So everyone's kind of leveling up together. And um, I think that is one thing that will stay. I had no idea that these kinds of tournaments existed before um, my wife started entering them, but I think that's something that will stay for sure is these tournaments that are made for like specific groups of people, whether they're amateurs or they fit like this certain criteria. I think that stuff will stay. Uh, and it seems like, like that would be really good because that wasn't really a thing before when we were playing only in person, you had amateur brackets and stuff like that. You had ladder bracket brackets, but only if you had really big if you were already at a big tournament. Um, 
Like, I remember some really big tournaments in SoCal would do ladder and stuff like that. But not everyone has uh, enough infrastructure to uh, run those kinds of extra events on top of the normal events that they run uh, uh, as the main event. So I think those things will stay. And I think um, certain things like uh, maybe like regional stuff, like Alston Melee Bender, I think the regional stuff they did with that was really cool. Um, like the crew battles and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And I think like, like stuff that requires a really good connection, like coast to coast, it's rough, but it's definitely better than delay. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for stuff like Slippy Champion or Summit Champions League, where you have these people who are, um, playing coast to coast and they all live all over North America and they get to play each other in this really like high production value, really cool, really cool event, that kind of stuff that would be way more expensive to do in person. Like you might see stuff like that every once in a while, um, like the Alston Melee Bender or five days of Melee and stuff like that. Like those would be really expensive to run in person, but still really exciting if even if they're run online uh and a lot of the online stuff is like a really good proof of concept for how cool and exciting uh online tournaments uh and certain formats can be and it has been really fun to consider <clears throat> the return of irl but i i think that online for the for the things that you said and exactly running an online bracket <laughs> Everybody's brought their setups along because it's their computers and they have their controllers and hopefully they're, everybody's following the rules and that kind of thing, like no macro buttons or anything like that, you know, but yeah, that, yeah. that, especially within, within that smaller, more local level events, like you were saying, it's really cool that Nova Scotia has something and you can even contribute and help out if you want to, uh, that you're doing, Petra, which I think is really cool. Or if it's a different region where everybody has been used to playing together, but then they find a new way to enjoy by playing online, but still playing, like, they all know they're in the same area and they could technically, like, oh, maybe we can, like, make, no, stay online, stay safe, that kind of thing until, you know, vaccinations and whatnot. And lastly, you were talking a little bit about the amateur brackets and how the community that is forming around newer players that is very cool to hear about because out of those players there are potential top players of the world caliber people that are in that group and it's exciting to think about we don't know what it's going to end up being it's like <laughs> this is probably not a great example maybe new players <laughs> won't be appreciate being compared to baby stars being born in a cluster out in outer space but it stars are formed together as far as i know like they they don't grow technically by themselves do they i think they all kind of grow together yeah and just kind of like spread that. out after that you know what i mean like you can yeah. grow together and it's so much better that way yeah and it, it like i think i heard a really good word my wife had like heard someone describe all these new players as tadpoles which is like a really good description because Slippy's a frog or a toad or something like that. So Can all we these please like make that a thing. Yeah, all these like Slippy tadpoles. I call them Slippy kids, but all these Slippy tadpoles, like they, 
might not want to enter like the uh, major that's you know happening and fly out to this major, but they would definitely enter you know only noobs, which is a really good tournament. And then Tired of Zero Two is another really good tournament that is like specifically catered to people who norm normally go Zero Two or players who are new to melee. Um, like those things are really low stakes, and you can play people who are the same level as you. Um, and I can see lots of people who are like, I don't want to, like, it's stressful being in person with all these people and playing in person. Uh, everyone's so much better than me. Like, is it a waste of money? It's a really easy and, like, accessible way to play Melee and also get better at the game and, like, have a community around that kind of thing. It's super cool. In other words, there's something for everyone. If you're, if you have more tournament nerves and you don't want to be you don't want to be sat down next to somebody like zane where you're going okay should i just let you take the w here because you i know what's gonna happen <laughs> you know yeah Can I get an autograph while we're here like you know what i mean uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> there's some people who get rocked you know they go to a tournament and they're just absolutely decimated and they go you know what i want to do that again and kudos to those people that's an incredible mindset to have but not everybody does and so fostering the the feeling of i want to compete i just don't want to get destroyed it's super cool to hear about those kind of tournaments that are that are being run for those people and like you said like we're saying you can build a community around that as well and yes let's please make tadpoles the thing that'd be fun i, I like that <laughs> so much yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's just exciting like all, all these new players it's um I think Melee's, like, the most alive it's ever been. We have such a high player base, and there's all these cool things happening, and it's just great. Like, I love Melee, and it's cool to see all these new people who love it, too. It's, like, really, really great. <laughs> so, to to wrap up here, I want to give you the uh, the opportunity to offer offer any more thoughts that you have, stories, or anything like that as well as where the people can find you, that sort of thing. Uh, please take it away. You got you got a little bit more time here for sure. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not, like, uh, super into content or anything like that. I, like, tweet basically not ever about Melee. I, I stream sometimes, and that's probably the best thing to follow if you're ever interested in, like, uh, watching me uh, play or... Um, uh, any, if I ever uh, restream tournaments uh, for my local scene. Um, so, yeah, Twitter and Twitch are both Petricide. Um, and, yeah, shout-outs to my wife. She's really good. She plays Jigglypuff. Uh, and she's played, like, in 40, almost 50 tournaments in the last three months. She enters lots of tournaments, and she, like, really, really wants to get good. Um, so shout outs to her sprinting legs. You can find her on Twitter. She also has a website, uh, that, uh, has a bunch of miscellaneous programming stuff on it, but also a Game Boy database because we're really into Game Boy games. She collects them and we have a database of every Game Boy game and also Game Boy color and stuff like that ever released manual scans for a lot of them. It's by far the most like in-depth and... Uh, biggest database for Game Boy and Game Boy Color and other Nintendo consoles as well. Um, so, yeah. 
Shoutouts to the Nova Scotia melee scene, uh, Wrecked and Frog, uh, for running and then like streaming the tournaments every week. I'm glad that I was able to like stream uh, the one this past weekend because I've seen lots of tournaments just like stop happening because of like momentum. It like you miss one week and then it's like you know you miss two weeks and three weeks and stuff. So. I'm glad that I could help keep the momentum going for my local scene. So, shout out to Nova Scotia and like Atlantic Canada Melee and stuff. Um, yeah, shout outs to my friend Sasha, who I'm, a, I'm in a band with, called Free Acid. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> shout outs to my friends and, and Melee and Fizzy. Go uh, become a patron of Fizzy's Patreon it yes 1000 <laughs> percent, absolutely if you have the means that is a great place to su continue to support melee and yeah. i guess uh, another another shout out to the melee online discord <clears throat> 14 oh, yeah. thousand plus people you can find just about anyone at your skill level to to play melee it's a great place to start and find the more local stuff on and on and through and through and to anyone who to anyone who's listening you you've probably heard it enough times to get the idea but whether you're a beginner or if you played for a long well why would you be listening to this if you played for a long time you get it you, there's a place <laughs> for you in the melee sphere i'm i'm at the bottom of the smash mountain literally speaking and metaphorically speaking <laughs> don't play the game a whole lot because i can't but i love it so much and i love talking about it so petra it has been a pleasure to have you on i've been i've really enjoyed this conversation and i hope that yeah, hope that we can do this again at some point down the line. Oh yeah. Also shout outs to Smash Sisters. They have a slippy channel in the Smash Sisters like official Discord. Smash Sisters is really cool. I was in a Smash Sisters crew battle at Shine twenty eighteen and I didn't get four stocked. But I thought I did. Mm, let's I did. go. Um so shout out to Smash Sisters. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Also very cool. It was cool to see that at the Alston Melee Bender, so <clears throat> yeah. excited to see more of that down the line. Me too. And hopefully, like, if there's any Canadian Smash Sisters stuff, like land stuff, then I can uh, go be in a crew battle for that. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, yes, uh, I'm never really super fantastic of wrapping these up. But, yes, Petra, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Cypher, for having me on, even though I am kind of just a nobody. But... We love melee. No, we can't end so. on that. No, 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 no. You are. This is this is this is the gif of that person hitting a, a fence, and the line is on the other side of the fence, and the caption is, "IDK Jeremy." Sometimes I really feel like I just hate myself, and the line grabs the guy by the neck and goes, "No, no, no! Listen to me. You are special. You are special, and I love you." You know what so, I mean? You, yeah. You are not a nobody, Petra. You get it. So here's the thing. Here, here's how I like justified being on this podcast in my brain is that we're just talking about melee, and that's like the best thing about melee is just talking about melee. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you do in melee. Talking about melee is cool no matter what, and it's super fun to talk about melee with people and how much we love melee. So, I don't. No one needs to be anybody. Melee's just really great. <laughs> 
Melee's fantastic, and it's very fun to have conversations with anybody who wants to talk about Melee. It's like a really cool thing that that you and I have in common. It, it, it unites exactly. us. It's, it's, it's very, very cool, and it's been so much fun to have you on. And that's why I'm like, hey, again, in the future, like, you know, the invite's open. You get it. So yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. The 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 not nobody, someone who's, <laughs> I'm sure that you watched Toast's video and at some point you felt the love when he was saying something to the effect of, shout outs to all the people who just watch the game and enjoy the game and and just you know like are there to to watch events and stuff, because exactly. that is super cool as well. Yes. Yes. Shout outs to Giuna, who is this fighting game content creator and he's made a bunch of videos lately that are like. You don't have to be good to be fighting game player. You don't have to be really great. You don't have to, like, even enter tournaments. Playing it and talking about it and stuff is great. Like, there's only a top 100, which is only 100 people, and, like, half of the people who enter a tournament go 0-2. Those people are still, like, they still love Melee, though, which is what's cool. Like, this thing that we all really like and we can all talk about is just so great. And you bring and you bring so much more than that to the table. But <clears throat> the idea is to anyone who wants to come on to Bottom Smash Mountain, you just basically have to love melee. That's basically it. Yeah, I mean, either that or <laughs> I just invite you on anyway because I'm the host and I can do whatever I want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Petra. Thanks, Cipher, for having me. It was super fun. <laughs> Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Made it. Oh, thank you so much, Petra, for coming on to my podcast and having a great conversation with me. I'll be honest, I haven't even edited it yet. <gasps> I'm doing the closing bit before editing the whole interview? Yes. Yes, I am. That's the move for today. <laughs> sometimes, uh, well, you get it. We do things differently sometimes. I'm mixing it up. So, there are a lot of great things that we were able to go over, Petra and I, about her smash journey and melee journey up north to Nova Scotia. Really cool that I know a little bit more about Canada. I feel like I'm still, in the grand scheme of things, very uneducated. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, more like bottom of the knowledge barrel of Canada. Is anybody laughing or is it just me? <laughs> Weak laugh. So, let's talk about... Golden Guardians. Why are we talking about Golden Guardians? Because Golden Guardians put out a hypothetical the other day. They were saying, hypothetically speaking, hypothetically speaking, who would you want to see collaborate with Golden Guardians Melee, GG Melee? And I was like, well, you tweeted out my hashtag when you first signed Tof and PPMD and Nun and WizzyFan and Bond. And resigns ain't you get it. When that whole thing happened, I went real hard for Golden Guardians that first evening. Did a lot of retweeting and hashtagging and such. And so they appreciated that. Gave me a little shout out, just a little tiny mini shout out. Hey, I take I take those. We take those. And I really appreciate it. Also have gotten some lovely feedback from other people as well. While we're on the subject of lovely feedback, Firepuff twelve always eager to say nice things about me as I am always eager to say nice things about him. I appreciate that. A cat named V, also a cat named Virtue, whichever is your preference there, but she also gave me a bit of a shout out today specifically. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And 
the people who I've been talking to all seem to think that I'm doing okay at this so far sort of a deal. We take those. I'm very appreciative of feedback. Uh, my cipher 3 that's where you can find me on the Twitter. Hopefully that's obvious by now. But when you reach out to me and say nice things to me, I am sure to reach back out to you and say nice things about you and potentially invite you onto the podcast. I think a lot of people have sort of started to understand, oh, so Cypher wasn't really actually being serious about being quote-unquote selective for the podcast, just more like say something nice about <laughs> about him and then he's going to invite you on. <laughs> Look, anyone who's actually listening to this and then deciding to take the time of day to reach out and say, hello, hey, I also take those. We take those. How many times can I say that? I'm always excited about the feedback thing. I really am. Hopefully you can hear it in my voice of how excited I am. And I'm excited to make more content. Speaking of content, if you want to call it that, it's really just a humble podcast type deal. But we have an exciting interview coming up on Saturday morning, so you can look forward to that. Or if it is Sunday afternoon and you're going, oh, so that's why there's two podcasts that I'm behind on. Yes, that is why you are two behind. And you would have already seen that this next person... see. I already did the interviews, what I'm getting at. So that's not often the case where I do an interview and then I sit on it for a few days. Normally, I do an interview, I turn it right back around. I like the conversation to be as fresh as possible so that when it's out there for the people and we're talking about topical current day melee stuff such as SCL, you know, Summit Champions League, you get it. When we're doing that sort of talking and uh, conversing and so on and so on, what if it comes out a month afterwards? What if it comes out longer than that? And I have to say, the people who either willingly hold on to content before dropping it, or it's just sort of that thing where it's like, I got a lot of things I got to do. Take take the, the, well, I was just about to name the person who I talked to tonight that you'll hear from on sa- Saturday morning. Okay, see, I was this close i was this close to leaking you almost got me listeners who have not coaxed this conversation out of me i'm just rambling because it's the end of the day and i'm tired but there are people melee people and people of the world the hollywood movie people as well who do something they do a project they're working on a project and then they finish it and then it sits for a while My own perspective on that is, oh, that must be very hard to set on it. Or maybe you're just really, really busy and that's understandable too. But either way, how do you do it? I almost feel like it's a hidden skill that I have yet to master and unlock where I can go, I will interview somebody and I will not immediately release it afterwards. I feel like that takes real talent. I I swear that is something that I've been thinking about and wondering is that actually a thing is that a talent or am i just trying to give too much credit to the procrastinators of the world the lazy people of the world the busy people of the world because that's what it more often than not is it's not so much that somebody's lazy it's that they are busy and they got other stuff to deal with other than putting out the content all that to say 
normally when I push out a podcast, it's because I would have within the past 24 hours conducted the interview and then I'd do the other bits to make the podcast great, which granted is only a few hours of work as compared to a week's worth of work or a month, a year. So it is comparatively speaking easy. And hey, that should inspire anyone who wants to do a podcast that if I can do it, you can do it. And I push it out and then I uh, sometimes I'm not even 100% sure of who I'll be talking to next, but we just keep it going. That's a little bit of a behind the scenes perspective. I think we hit several different items there, but I forgot to swing it back. I forgot to swing it back to Golden Guardians. I started off with Golden Guardians sort of, well, I started off by thanking Petra for coming on, which is very true. Thank you, Petra. Shout outs to her. Shout outs to Sprinting Legs as well. Now let's get back to Golden Guardians. I would love to collaborate with Golden Guardians. There, I said it. I'd be happy to collaborate with just about anybody. I think you have seen so far and heard so far the listeners of this here podcast that I am indeed willing to collaborate with just about anybody because if we both like Melee, that is already a rocking hot start. That is getting over so many different barriers of, well, how do we break the ice? That like, There's hardly any ice to be broken. You just start talking Melee and all of a sudden we're laughing, we're getting along, or we're getting into a really great mentality discussion, or we're getting into a really great best sets of all time discussion, and it can just go in so many directions. And so Golden Guardians is on the scale of me saying, I would like to collaborate with them. So there you have it. Golden Guardians, you hypothetically said anybody want in on the collaboration side of things? Yes, hypothetically I am in. Does that answer your question? I hope it does. All right, so do I have any other thoughts to add other than the eight plus minutes that I've already done of me just rambling by myself and trying to carry conversation and trying to keep you from tuning away. Although maybe I'm not trying to keep you from tuning away. Maybe I'm testing you to see if you're still here and hanging in there and going, just let it be over already. I have other things to do. If you've already tapped away into another podcast or another media that you're into viewing slash listening to, then good for you. But for those who are still here, thank you. <laughs> I am tired and I still have to do some stuff. So let's not waste any more time. The point of all that is thank you. There we go. How about that? I am feeling a lot of emotions right now, but mostly it is thankfulness mixed in with tiredness. And I think that like all the emotions are out for me right now. I think there's a little bit of rage as well. Can you hear that in my voice? I'm curious. Anybody who's still listening should probably offer feedback in that regard. If the ramblings that I do where it's the end of a long work day and then it's podcasting season, if that's like a whole thing. Just wondering out loud here about a lot of stuff and it's totally unprompted, but here comes forth the consciousness. That's why the one-minute opening bits are hard because I have to keep it under one minute to open the podcast and get to the interview. Oh, so tough. I've been recording for almost 10 minutes now. Let's stop it here. Let's play the music. <laughs> 